Hey everybody, welcome to episode three of Beers, Bourbon, Business, and Broskies. Yeah, so today we'll tell you guys a little bit about the bourbon, a little bit about some local brews where we picked up from for the podcast. Tell you guys about our friendship, uh, how we got into sales, how we got into management, the train in the background that keeps deciding to run, uh, maybe the storm you're going to hear while we while we film this who knows there's a lot of background there's a lot of background noise at this point but uh, we'll basically run you guys through uh kind of when we became friends we both got into sales management and how we stayed in both occupations so long and what's kind of made made it successful so basically this will be a background podcast and why we like bourbon beer and business yeah so like ken said we're drinking bourbon and the bourbon that we're actually drinking right now is knob creek single barrel 100 proof so, Ken, do you know what single barrel versus standard barrel is? Uh, no, so I drink bourbon for taste and the alcohol content. Outside of that, I don't know anything. I just go off what it tastes good and what gets me drunk. Yeah, so, I mean, Ken might say I'm a bourbon song. A little bit, a little bit. Not necessarily. I'm just a little bit educated. It helps that, you know, like my dad kind of gave me a little bit of background on it. But basically, single barrel is, if you guys have ever seen, like, a commercial for Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, or anything like that, they have the barrel houses, which are these big ass barns that they store all the barrels in, that they age the bourbon, whiskey, and whatever it is. And the difference between a single barrel and a standard barrel is single barrel is they open up one barrel, dump it in, add a little bit of water to get it to the alcohol content they have, and then they bottle it. While opposed to a standard barrel is they take numerous barrels, dump them all together in one giant batch, water it down to get to the alcohol content, and that's what you get. So they think single barrel is a little bit more like high end because it's one single barrel, not a mishmash of a lot of different ones. So it's a little bit pricier, probably tastes a little bit better, but that's just my opinion. While we're also sitting here with a rocks glass full of 100 proof bourbon, we're also sitting here with a local brewery, which would be Mindful Brewery. For anybody familiar with Pittsburgh, South Hills location, actually Bethel Park, beer Minican. Yeah, I've been there a few times. The, the beer to go is a little pricey. But uh, to sit there and have a few beers, it's not too bad. They have, they have some pretty good tasting IPAs. Uh, I enjoy IPAs. Again, Which we're actually drinking one. content versus taste. You know, get there a little bit quicker than drinking like a light beer. Yeah, like Ken is basically, he wants the high content because he's trying to reach maximum altitude, I guess you could say, as quickly as possible. Where I'm kind of a fan of actually enjoying it a little bit. Enjoying the trip to the top. So... We actually have two different ones. I'm drinking the Sleeping Giant Session Ale, which is only, I think, 4.5% alcohol, so it's a little bit tamer. And it's highly recommended for, like, a little sipping beer. Like, you just hang out with your buddies or anything like that, and you're just drinking it all day. It's not going to hit you immediately. You can kind of have a couple of them and still feel okay. While Kenny is sitting over there drinking this, which I apologize if I pronounce it, pronounce this incorrectly, but is the Lambda Indian Pale Ale. So what's your opinions on that? Um, it's not bad. I mean, it's if I had to give it if I had to give it a one through ten, I'd probably give it probably give it like a seven. What was the alcohol content in that? Seven. What was the alcohol content in that? Seven. Oh, seven. It's seven, which is yeah. I probably give it a seven then, because I feel like there's IPAs have higher alcohol alcohol content, which taste better and they have more alcohol. Like Southern okay, so X, Southern Tier 2X. Southern, Southern Tier 2X is pretty good, too. And I it's got. like 9% alcohol. It so is. for 7%. Remember those times? Remember, remember it was, what was it? It was the 2X packs we used to buy. They were the 12 yeah, packs. And the lowest content one was like 85 and the highest was 12. Yeah, this thing's too 
damn it. Dude, remember that one time? They we were taste on, good. Remember that one time we were sitting on your porch, and we had, I think it was a 24-pack of those. We had two 12-packs of them. We filled up one of those, um, one of those, those Yeti Hopper 30s, and we started drinking at like 2, and it was like 7 o'clock. And your cousin went out there, and we are like, how, can I say his name? Um, you can just say my redheaded cousin. Your redheaded cousin, which if he listens to this, he'll probably know. We told him, like, hey, go grab us a couple beers out of the hopper. I remember this vividly. He went in there, opened the thing up, looked back at us, goes, yo, what guys, you you this thing's empty. <laughs> and mind you, this was like 7 o'clock, and we've only been drinking for like four or five hours. And that was back in, that was back in our heyday. That was back in the, what, three or four years ago when we were... Yeah. Not we, so much now. No, not so much now. Kenny can scurry away. I'll be from, feeling this tomorrow. I'll yeah. be at home watching the the kid, and he'll be waking me up super early, and I'll be feeling this. Tomorrow. Which I don't envy you at all because I'll be waking up and I'll have to drag myself into the office, but I won't have to be oh, my kid screaming at me and what he likes to bite you and punch you punch and everything me, else like that me, first thing in the morning oh, yeah. on top of a hangover. Yeah, and he's only eight months old, so you, all you got to do is just sit there and take it. Yeah, but back to the beer show. Probably like. Uh, <laughs> On a little I don't know, probably a, probably six point five out of ten. Mm. Probably bring it down a little. You bit. went down. Yeah, because it's only seven percent alcohol. Okay, but I feel is like, it okay? But it, are you basing this off of also the hair scheme? You fucking warm beer. So it wasn't we'll, warm beer. It's it's warm. It wasn't beer. It wasn't it's warm. warm. Did you get out of the fridge section or did you get out of the warm section? You know, for dude, it's warm. Okay, all I want to say is he comes over to my apartment. It's warm, and there's what probably eight different varieties of beer in that fridge, cold at all it's points. Warm. And he's bitching. I've never met anybody who complains about free alcohol. Apparently, I picked the warm one. Apparently. The only warm one in the fridge. So it's warm, so I... But do you think that's more off of the... All right, are you giving that 6.5? What, how is the scale weighted? Is it more based on alcohol content or more about it's taste? It's really like a nice blend. If you're going to be... A sec- okay, if you were giving it off a of taste, give me your opinion off a of taste. If it was less alcohol, it would be... No, really I don't even care about alcohol content. Give me taste. I don't know, probably six... Dude, <laughs> so it's not that great tasting of a beer, I mean, it's okay. but it has a decent alcohol okay. content. Yeah, like, so should okay. we even like really care about what you say? We should just go, hey, look, I got this out with this beer. It's twelve well, percent alcohol. Right. So, Anybody get a ten? So all founders all day. Yeah, it's four point three. Four point three, and I'd put that at. Founders are delicious. We're going right off taste. Oh, I put that delicious. at like a seven point three. A seven point two. You're getting maybe seven point five. It's like the Olympics, like the Russian judge with a seven point three. Maybe it's between But it has less alcohol, so it brings you down to a seven. This has more alcohol, so that's why I give it like a six. But I mean, I would rather just drink a substitute or a two hearted. I mean, you name it. Oh, dude, two-hearted. no, two hearted because that's what it's not pasteurized, right? Yeah, I don't care. Other yeah, but that thing will kill you tomorrow. I've never had a worse hangover than I've had with Bell's two hearted. That's true. The next day. And I'm telling you, you'll be running to the bathroom for the entire next day, too. That stuff cleans you out. It's awful. And but you also drink 17 of them. Yeah, that's a fair amount. We don't 17 of Miller Lite's going to make you shit yourself. That's true. But we're trying to keep the brewery somewhat local because we are somewhat beer snobs. I guess Ken's more of a alcohol content snob. So we're going to try to run through a different amount of local breweries. And try to give a shout out weekly, give our opinions on some of that stuff, not be too harsh on the ratings. So we're gonna kind of continue that and kind of. Their session or whatever that thing's called is pretty decent. Yeah, the session's real good. Yeah. I, I'm, I like that more than their IPA. Their IPA is just not a huge fan of. See, I don't, the IPAs are so hit and miss because they're just. Yeah. See, I like the. Do you know what the IBU is on a beer? No. Do I care? You should. 
So the IBU is basically the international bitterness units. So if you get a beer that has a lot of the IPAs and those high alcohol content beers have really high IBUs because they're extremely bitter. I'm not a fan of bitter beer. I like, I like to try to find a beer that has like a 6% alcohol content, but then has a really low IBU because it's super mellow and all that. And it's really hard to find that because you'll find a lot of the stouts and the Dude, lagers. I'm a fan of cold beer. I'm and, a really big fan of cold are you, beer. Are you saying your beer is not colder right now? My beer couldn't be warmer. You are ridiculous. I almost put an ice cube in it. I wanted to say is maybe if you didn't drink it so slowly, it would have been cold. This is like my fourth one, and every one well, maybe is in the same temperature. Oh, so. look, let's just tell everybody how we're already on the fourth beer before we you know, started this podcast. Cause it's fine. <laughs> it's entertainment. Entertainment. So yeah, we're going to try to, if Kenny will quit bitching about beer temperature and just appreciate the fact that we spent an exorbitant amount of money on some beer, and he's enjoying it for free... I mean, we can get somewhere. So after we get into beer and alcohol, we're trying to incorporate that more into this podcast because obviously it's beers, bourbon, business, and broskies. And it's been predominantly business and broskies. And we're trying to incorporate a little bit of the front-end stuff in the beers and bourbon. So on this episode, like Kenny touched on the very beginning, we feel like we want to engage with you guys and you want to know who we are. And for the first two episodes, yeah, we've given you our insight about business and what's going on and all that, but we're just two talking heads who are giving you insight on business, but you really have no background about us. You have no idea why we're friends, how we got to where we are or anything like that. And I don't know about Kenny, but I kind of want to do this for the long haul. And I think the best way to do that is making everybody feel like part of the family. So we're going to try to delve into a little bit of who the fuck we are and how we've been friends, which shit started, like we said before, what, 13 years ago, I bet. Probably middle school because our brothers were friends. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we weren't really that great of friends in middle no, school. No, we probably weren't really friends until college. College, realistically. Wait, Kenny's college, me didn't, I didn't go to college. Yeah, but, I was at college and he slept on my couch. He yeah. was like the guy from, uh, shit, is that, uh, is that half-baked when the guy just sleeps on the couch? Is that what takes you Yeah, the guy yeah, sleeps you. on the couch, I think that's yeah, it. But, and they keep calling him the guy, that was Harris. Yeah, that, that was me. So, no, Kenny and I weren't friends all through high school because Kenny was the cool jock kid, and I was the fat kid. Actually, you know who I was? That's not even true. You were a fucking dickhead. I was a fat dickhead. It has nothing to do with your You know who I was? I thought about this, because we're trying to put this podcast together. I was Cartman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you almost spit up your beer. <laughs> could not be more on point. Right? He was, it had nothing to do with his weight, it was his bullshit, shit personality. Yeah, and it probably didn't help either that I was fat and I got made fun of for it, so then I was just a real You got asshole. made fun of for being fat because you were an asshole. So it was think, like a reoccurring... Okay, so cycle. you're thinking if I was an asshole, I wouldn't have been made fun of because, for being fat? Probably not as much. Wow. I mean, in our Dude, school... Dude, this would have been insightful 10 years ago. <laughs> Looking back on it now, I wouldn't be in therapy weekly if I didn't, you know... I have such insecurity with issues and everything like that from high school and getting picked on. But yeah, I don't so, think that was the only thing wrong with you. Well, I mean, you're still friends with me, so what the fuck to say about you? I didn't say I was perfect. <laughs> so yeah, we, we were not friends in high school. We knew of each other, and then I guess we kind of really got to know each other in... Uh, college. You came out yeah, with one college. of our buddies, mutual friend, and I can never read him since. He's like a fucking herpes. He doesn't get wet. Yeah, totally. Like, you know what I mean? You think you get rid of me, but then all of a sudden I you just, just keep pop out. just back. At the most inopportune moment. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah, so no, we spent, what, you went to Clarion for four years, and I probably spent... Thankfully, only four. Dude, the best part was, there was a lot of people up there who thought I was actually a student at Clarion. Oh, I was up there so much. Did. I really saw you lived with me. Yeah, really. Like, basically, I was just a student, and they were like, oh, I've never seen you in classes, but you're up here all the time. So no, him and I kind of, I mean, really developed our friendship through there. And a lot of, dude, so much alcohol. So much alcohol. Yeah, a lot of alcohol that probably lubricated the friendship. There were a lot of times I wanted to beat him up also. Because he was still the same fucking dickhead. As much as I'm an asshole currently, it's mellowed down significantly over the past four or five years. It's gotten better, that's for It's sure. gotten Couldn't better. Couldn't have gotten any worse. I couldn't have gotten any worse. No, I took a couple of punches to the face and... Dude, do you remember that? I think that was like when it really solidified our friendship was we were driving down that one road in Collier and I was driving and you were sitting in the passenger seat and I was being a complete asshole. First off, we were going like 70 in the heavy Chevy. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> 70 you on this, this two-lane road. Sorry, Mr. Harris. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um, two-lane road and I was being a dick swerving back and forth between lanes and Kenny keeps going, you know, you need to stop this Don't stop it. Yeah, if you don't stop this, I'm going to punch you in the face. And he was being generous because he, he said it probably, he warned me three or four times. And then he just cold cocked me, which first off, looking back on a pro- was in the- fair, I did him that hard. He, he was did. Driving. I think he did. No, I did not. All right, but looking back on it, it was probably the smartest idea to the guy that's driving 70 miles that's an hour. That's why I didn't hit you that hard. You did. Did not hit you that hard. I think he did. I could hit you way harder. <laughs> but I didn't but, want to kill myself and drive over the bridge. Yeah, but just a little background on uh, my uh, personality that didn't blossom into this gentleman that you hear before you until recently. So, no, him and I have been friends. We've gone through the ringer, done a lot of shit. Um, we've really... A lot of stupid shit. A lot of fucking stupid shit. Remember that time I almost fell off the fucking deck when you were building your deck? Yeah. Dude, that was... <laughs> Zombeck, if you're listening to this, that was... We were trying to submit that the Barstool Sports on why guys live longer than... Or, or women girl, live longer than Yeah, guys. women live longer than men because... Because you were on a Yeti cooler on... On top, top of, of a... a what's that? The um, horses? A sawhorse. Yeah. On, on top, top of, of a, a wooden uh, ladder that your old, the old guy that owned the house before you left it had, and then it was leaned up against an eight by eight post for this deck we were building, and it yeah, was one of the posts, and we had a saws on one hand, and the fucking thing fell, and I went all the way down the hill. So him and I have done a lot of dumb shit, drank a lot of beer together. We've been friends for a while. It's one of those where... You probably listen and you go, how the fuck are you two even associated with each other? Because we're so polar opposites, but fuck, we've been friends for the past 10 years solid. So we decided to do this because we, what, spend every weekend sitting in your basement drinking, bullshitting. Playing shuffleboard. Shuffleboard, which anybody who doesn't play shuffleboard, you might think that's like an old timer game or anything like that, but there's nothing better than shuffleboard when you're drinking. And then you put some Joe Rogan podcast in the background or mm-hmm. some Tom Segura stand up. Yeah. Not wrong with that. So no, so we just decided that instead of just ranting and raving to each other, why not broadcast it? Because there might be some insightful things that come between the two of us. All right, I'll give you guys a little bit of my background, I guess, to, to get it moving. So I went to a shitty little state school uh, partied my way out of that shitty little state school. Wrote a, le- wrote a letter to get back into that state school. Wasn't a great student. Wait, you did that? <laughs> yeah, had a very letter to get back in. Got a uh, one, two, <laughs> five. It, my first semester. <laughs> Wait, was this your first year? Uh, Wait, first, first semester. My first semester got a one, two, five. One point two five. What's the app? What's the? Oh, co- wait, it gets better. <laughs> it gets better. 
better. Jeez. It's better. So I'm on probation. <laughs> so I got a uh, my next semester. I got a uh, a point uh, five. So. So wait, you got a one point two five first and a semester. .5. and then a point five. So your entire freshman year. Wow, yeah, I showed up impressive. to one of my finals. I forgot there was a final, but I was drinking all day, so I put C for every answer. I'll never forget, dude. I was at. I was at a car dealership <laughs> with one of our buddies buying a, sorry, buying a truck, <laughs> and my dad calls me, and I'm with my buddy watching him buy a truck. My dad calls me, and he goes, you did it. And I'm thinking in my head, like, there is no fucking way I got off probation. How did I pull this off? He goes, you failed out of college, you piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. Which, so, if anybody, your dad has, like, the old military-style haircut. It's no nonsense, and it's just a complete badass. My heart sunk a little bit. Um, so, Am I getting kicked out of the house? Yeah. So I, it was bad. Had to write a letter to get back in. Got back in. Somehow managed to graduate in four years. Originally went to school to be a history teacher. You want to be a history teacher? I just wanted to be something easy. I figured <laughs> you work in the year, you're off in the summer. So what could be better, right? So you thought you're like, well, I get nine months and I get paid for a year. Fuck yeah, it. I was like, fuck it. Eventually, you're going to make 10 years. It'll be fine. That's, t- that's terrifying that people like you... Are trying to mold the okay. To be fair, you. that was my. I was like eighteen. Yeah, but still, there's people that are like you that have probably gone down the same career path that have actually become teachers. Probably. So, I could get back to school, and I'm like, there's no way I'm getting an education program. My grades are shit. I'm like, what can I possibly do? So, I'm like, uh, at this point, let's move over to marketing. It's easy. I'll get into sales when I get out. That was when I was like eighteen. So I go through college, somehow graduate four years, get out of college. And I'm like, I want to make some money. How do I figure out how to make some money? Mature a little bit. At this point, I'm like, what, 22, 21, 22 when you yeah, graduate? Yeah, 22. Yeah, whatever. 22. <clears throat> so I get hired at a car dealership, start selling Jags and Land oh, Rovers. shit. I forgot about that. Yeah, the yeah, one up in uh, the North Hills. So I uh, start making a little bit of money. I'm like, damn, sales is pretty cool. Like, you can make some cash as long as you can talk to talk. So I start doing that, and I'm like, I don't want to be a car dealership salesman forever. <laughs> I want to get into outside sales and in front of people. That seems fun. So I start reading some books, start like Googling stuff, trying to figure out how you get into outside sales. So I take a job, sell a worker's cop insurance over the phone, which is horrific. Basically like a call center, like in a fucking, cubicle. Dude, it was the fucking worst. Cubicle. It wasn't even a fucking cubicle. <laughs> you sat there with open walls. It was like a table with phones. It was fucking Isn't that horrible. whole like open floor concept that people Pretty have? Pretty much, like- dude. Your boss got a cubicle. Put it that way. That's all she needs. I don't. I, I get Google like has that like, hey, no bubbles or like open like floor plane like concept for. That's probably a fun company to work for. This <laughs> is not fun. I'm not gonna say the name of the company. It's a nationwide company, but I'll never fucking work here again. Yeah, but it probably taught you a lot about cold calling people and just picking up the phone and like having to. It taught me a lot about what I not didn't want to do. <laughs> like, so I was like, fuck this. So I wanted to sell what my passion was. I'm like, how to get here? So I worked there for, I don't know, two and a half, three years. And then a job opened up. So I went on LinkedIn at 24, applying for a job that you should really have probably like 10 years experience yeah, face you were to totally, face. You were, there was no way you should have had the job you had. Or no. you currently have no fucking way. Yeah, no, no way. So I, uh, so I hit up everyone on LinkedIn. Eventually they were like, all right, as long as we can get this kid to shut up, we'll give him an interview. I'm assuming what's happening. Well, just to dive off of that, don't you think that anybody listening to this that's trying to get a career they want, don't you think LinkedIn is a great avenue to go down? 
so that they can start trying to like you said, you start liking following people on a company or anything like that that you, you want figure to. figure out who's the HR people, who's the hiring manager, and you can show a little bit of initiative, shoot them a message. And you can bug them or anything like that, mm -hmm. message them and everything. And it's not just submitting your resume to one And person. you can talk to the other people that do that job and talk to them about the job. Yeah, so just like a little bit of you know insight on that. I think LinkedIn's a great tool for people who are trying to get the job that they want because there's not just one avenue and it's not just a... It's becoming like Facebook a little bit. Like people are posting like the craziest shit. Yeah, like selfies. Like, hey, look at me yeah, at this. You can still use it in the correct way. Um, so I did that. Got myself an interview. On the interview, ran through the first interview. Second interview, got the VP on the phone, the HR on the phone. At the end of the interview, I said, uh, based on this conversation today, or first off, let me rewind it. So first off, in the conversation, I said, what type of attributes do you look for in somebody to join your team? They said X, Y, and Z. I said, based on this conversation today, is there anywhere where I'm lacking? And the guy goes, I like how you're closing me. <laughs> and, I, and I laughed and I said, is there any attributes I'm, I'm lacking? Are you saying that was a power question that you posed to the guy? Yeah, it was a power question. Totally power. So a power question got you this lucrative job you have right now. So he, uh, so he said your experience. And I battled back and said, you know, let's look at hung up on my experience. What I lack in experience, I'll make, make up for and hard work and discipline, and I'll be the hardest working person you have in your sales force. I can promise you that. So if I'm not your hardest working guy in six months, get rid of me. So he loved that, gave me the job. After that, he was nice enough to give me an opportunity, and he, he was kind of like a mentor to me. So I wanted to go out and work for the guy, so I worked my ass off every single day. Been one of the top performers every single quarter. I was lucky enough to get a hiring, that was a VP, I was lucky enough to get a hiring manager that was a mentor to me, and I could kind of hit him up with questions. He taught me pretty much everything I know, and I kind of ran from there. I just started reading as many books as I could get my hands on. I started uh, doing coaching calls with my, my immediate manager, who's like, kind of like my mentor. Still do coaching calls with him today, and still read books today, and, I'll, and always trying to get better. So I really took that opportunity and, and just absolutely ran with it what books did you decide to kind of read well i hit off my luckily enough my mentor he reads a lot of books so yeah. i started with books that he read and then i would go off of like based on it you know like google and, or amazon based off this author you might like this so then i would find other books that were similar and i just keep reading reading and then when i wasn't reading i was listening to the books on tape or podcasts or well, podcast weren't even on my I, radar then. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they were probably popular. They just weren't on my radar. Yeah. Are you tool now? Uh, until, I don't know, probably a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah, I was going to say a year and a half ago, yeah. <clears throat> I really got into it. But before that, it was um, it was reading books, books on tape, and trying things, and coaching calls. Coaching calls were huge for me. So anybody in management, somebody showing an initiative in their career, I would definitely recommend doing coaching calls with those guys and trying to help them out. But... Yeah, just picking the, like you said, you're saying like picking the brand of people above you. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, so I had two guys I really befriended, and they were in, they were in their careers for shit. The one guy, it was I think like I don't know, probably in his late thirties, early forties when I got hired. The other guy was in his sixties, <laughs> so he had a ton of experience, and I would call them a hundred times a day, and we would just bounce shit off. What's working? What's not working? And they were top performers, too. So constantly, all day, every day, we were just bouncing shit back and forth. We were challenging each other. Every week, we'd have a $50 bet every single week. Who would open up the most dealers? $50 bet. 
next week who would have the most in sales $50 $50 bet we pick a, a random product that our company carried who could sell the most of that in $50 bet so we would just do that every single week me being competitive those guys being competitive it would just make all of us better that's kind of where it got me today and won't me help me win a few awards and and help me be successful in my career yeah so Kenny is you know understating like we talked about how successful he's been I mean you won 2018 salesman of the year for a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange which is incredible it's pretty impressive so I'm gonna kind of give you guys my background which I wish it was as chaotic and or eventful as Kenny's but like Kenny said throughout high school I was the fat kid um, I was carting it so throughout my entire life or my you know, I mean, high school years I was big on golf and I always had that as my kind of like aspiration on what I wanted to be was I always wanted to be a professional golfer played golf four years in high school and then had a couple scholarships D2 schools coming out of high school but unfortunately my senior year I had a pretty prolific injury where I flipped my quad broke six ribs collarbone collapsed my lungs and was long singular um, so put me out of commission and I lost a lot of my golf scholarships and kind of made me realize that you know fuck school because the only reason I was trying to keep my grades up in high school especially was to play golf and everything else was kind of irrelevant so once I didn't have golf anymore I was kind of like well hey screw it who cares about school so then I started drinking and fucking off and partying like most seniors do but most seniors try to at least still maintain their grades and I didn't so long story short my grades weren't the greatest they could have been i wouldn't recommend that yeah it was not the best life choice now looking back on it i don't have any regrets it wasn't the best best path i could have made but it was it led me to a career that i thoroughly enjoyed i uh failed out of high school i didn't fail out of high school i needed i needed summer school to pass english class (laughs) (laughs) complete degenerate it's my, my still diploma says, I think it's like June 9th, 2009. Oh, shit, dude. Fuck, it's like 10 years ago, almost to the day. And all that. But, yeah, so my dad was, like your dad, except yours was your senior, which would have been the same year. Your freshman year in college, my senior year in high school. My dad was none too happy with me, and he owns his own construction company, mason contractor, that I now work for. But at that time... He thought it was going to be a great idea to punish me. So I remember my last day of high school was on a Friday. And on Monday, he had me carrying 16-inch concrete block from point A to point B, which they weigh. Let me stop you there. I did that job for a summer. If you want your kid to buckle down and actually do some schoolwork... Go have him carry some heavy shit and put it down all fucking day. You remember that? that? Sucks. Yeah. That was another time he was punched me in the face. We were doing a job Dude. up in Swickley. <laughs> You're lucky that foreman got between us. Yeah, because let's That's say, all I'm going to say. Let's say I was what, like, fuck you up that day. Seven years ago, my management skills or people skills weren't nearly what they were today. Dude. And, you know, my mouth used to write checks that my ass could not cash in. I, I wasn't the biggest, strongest kid, and yeah, Kenny would have fucked me up in about a New York minute, um, and I can't. Uh, that foreman saved his life that day. The worst part was we had to drive home together. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, he knows I'll eventually cool down. By then, it was okay. Yeah, so my dad made me carry 
heavy stuff, point A to point B, and the things weighed more than me, which, like Kenny said, I will tell you, I did a job of a mason tender or labor for five years out of high school, which is basically, imagine taking two 35-pound dumbbells and picking up, oh shit, probably 400 of them, 500 of them every day, carrying 100 feet, putting them down, turning around, and dropping them off. And then getting yelled at by the bricklayers. While mixing mortar. While mixing mortar and getting yelled at by the bricklayers. While also like 40, 50 feet up in the air and doing that every single day. It was just, it was, oh, it was the hardest job I've ever done. And, the, and the, just the thing is, my dad thought it was going to teach me to get out of that industry. And he's told me that. He's like, I did it because I thought you would get out of this and go do something else. But apparently I'm too dumb and I never learned because I'm still in it. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. So I did that. And for- not to cut you off, but like we talked about building relationships, this bricklayer is like me. They never said shit to me. They did. They loved Kenny because Kenny was always smiling and nice and everything like that. But you weren't the owner's kid at the time, which made it probably a little bit easier. And you were an asshole. I think it had the, the yeah. big so problem. Are, are you trying you to have, like, is this like, can we just cut off? Like, I have therapy tomorrow at noon. Should I just cut this out and we could just sit down for an hour and just mm-hmm. tell me how I'm an asshole and everything would be better? <clears> if I, I don't think an hour would do it, but go on. It's raining. We got a fridge full of beer. I mean, we can have more than an hour about <laughs> this. But no, so I did that for five years, which is, I give the, if anybody who works for, I wouldn't even say me, but I work with, is listening to this, you have my utmost respect for doing that day in and day out. But I did it for five years. And I remember we were doing a job up in, what was that, McCandless, North Hills of Pittsburgh. And it was, I think it was five years ago now. And it was one of the coldest winters ever. It was probably what, minus 10 for that winter. And I, like one day, and I remember texting my dad and going, fuck this shit, you need to get me in the office. I can't do this shit anymore. So about five years ago, I came into the office and I started out as an estimator. I did my senior presentation on masonry because I just loved what my dad did. I always thought it was super cool. He'd bring home blueprints or anything like that whenever I was a kid, take homework. And it was so cool because he'd show blueprints of a a job that he was doing or bidding or anything like that. And there goes the train. (laughs) I'll try to edit that out. But there would just be this cool building that he would bid or anything and we'd do it and within five years the building was up and it was there and it was going to be there for the next hundred years so I always took just a kind of liking to it because I loved it so about five years ago got into the office started out as an estimator basically looking at blueprints determining how much stuff cost and putting numbers on it in which it's not directly sales like Ken does where it's retail and I'm going in trying to sell a product but we put a number on a job, you're calling, you're trying to sell yourself or your company to try to do that job. So indirectly, it's kind of sales. How I got to where I am was I always had a chip on my shoulder. I was always the owner's kid and I always saw people that were the owner's kids, dude, they would fuck off. They would do nothing, like absolutely nothing. They would just sit there, what's that word? Or that saying, they would rest on their laurels, right? And they were given something and didn't really have to work for it. And they didn't really take the opportunity and run with it. And I never wanted to be that. So I took the opportunity I had of this great opportunity of being the owner's kid and having the opportunity to run a company. And I ran with it. I remember my first three years in the office. I mean, Ken, you could probably test this. I was in the office 
70 hours a week. I'd be in every Saturday and every Sunday working because I was trying to prove myself and work. My dad, he had this saying, he says it takes 10 years to get to learn his business. He would tell me that as soon as I walked in, I was 22. He said, it takes 10 years son, to learn his business. And I remember a year later, I said, fuck you. I said, I'm gonna work fucking 80 hours a week and do it in five. And he laughed, but it's true because I put in all the effort and everything like that at the very beginning to try to make sure that I wasn't just doing a bare minimum. I was doing everything above and beyond to try to be as successful as possible. So that was a little, how I got to where I was. I was, I mean, hey, if somebody said, hey, I'm gonna give you a million dollars, you can do whatever the fuck you want tomorrow. Probably 95% of the, there'd be a 95% chance I would go out and try to be a professional golfer. Because, you know, what, Happy Gilmore? I have a fat ass and, um, you know, what's the other thing? Stupid ass pants. Stupid ass pants. But for the most part, I am extremely appreciative of the opportunity I've given. And I love the job I have. I'm one of the few people, and Kenny can attest to that because he can tell you how much I talk about how much I love my job. I'm one of the few people that you don't hear me bitch about my job that often, right? Yeah, it's true. I guess moral of the story is make yourself money, not anybody else money. Oh, dude, dude, I'm so lucky the fact that at the end of the day, my name's on the sign and... Wow, I get to bust my ass, and it's not directly going into my paycheck right now. In the probably next ten years, it will be. So, yeah, it's the best way to make money is when you're making money for yourself, not somebody else. So, yeah, I think the big underlining theme to the both of us is, uh, yeah, we're kind of the. Dude, we were like the kind of underdogs. Like we're really kind of degenerate when we were younger, but we both found discipline. We found something we both like. I like sales. You like. Uh, the comp- obviously doing what you do and we became disciplined and laser focused and matured and decided that's what we're going to do for the rest of our lives and, and we became straight lined and not extremely straight lined there's still a little zigzag here and there I mean <laughs> yeah not we, really we, though we put our career above everything else yeah. besides I mean you family obviously right below that is your career but I know for me I know a big driving factor in why I wanted to be successful is Kenny and I were such good friends and he was just so successful that I didn't want to lack behind in Kenny to be like, oh, hey, look at this nice car I bought. Look at this nice house I bought. And me being like, oh, cool. I make $30,000 a year and everything like that. I kind of wanted to keep up with him because he was kind of my, not competition as much, but you pushed me because you were doing so good. I'm like, fuck it. I want to keep up with him. So he really, Kenny really helped me in being a successful individual and making me want to keep up with him and his drive and him going, yo, hey, we can't drink tonight. I got this kick-ass sales call tomorrow morning, so I can't do it. And be like, oh, fuck it. Yo, you're not going to drink tonight because you're trying to devote your hours to work. I'm going to do the same thing, which now isn't the case. But whenever we were both really young, it really helped like implement and solidify that mindset. I mean, I've just gotten to sales to make money because you can make as much as you want to sales. But the big thing for me was competition. I never really focused on the dollars I was going to make, which might not make, which might not make sense for sales. But I, I never focused on the dollars. I focused on the competition. I want to be every single person I work with. I want to be the top performer every and single quarter. And bury them in the ground, literally. And every single quarter. I want to be the top guy quiet. every single quarter. I mean, and the money will follow once you do that, but the competition is what really drives me, is beating people in the competition. Yeah, totally. I'm the same way. We're both pretty competitive. I mean, what, you wrestled in high school, so you have that competitive nature in me. I mean, we both played sports all through our younger age, and we've always had that kind of competitive drive. And I think both you and I are kind of in a 
career that lets us be super competitive. We're always, cause we have, there's always tangible evidence to how well you're doing. You know I mean? You're doing something like, okay, a sales number. You can tell how well you're doing sales because the end of the month, year, whatever quarter, there's a result. Same thing with me. I mean, I'm a management slash business owner and I know I can tell monthly, quarterly, yearly, whether or not how well we're doing as a company. And that's a direct reflection on me, which I'm always like, fuck it. I want to make as much money as possible and not just do my job. I'm like, I, my job is to make as much money as possible, which is like a competition against myself almost. So I know it's a little boring because some of you might not care about Kenny and I that much, but I feel like to really understand and believe in what him and I are telling you and the information that we're passing along, you got to know where we come from, all that. And I want you guys to be like, oh, hey, I know Adam. Oh, I know Kenny. Not because you've actually met us, but because you guys have gone along on this journey throughout the entire time and you feel like you're part of that family. So the first two episodes, we talked about power questions and micro and macro management and gave you guys our business aspects on things. But I feel like our business aspect or opinions on items don't really matter if we don't have any, what, pedigree to back it up, right? So I'm trying to give you guys a little bit of insight and also a little bit of a underdog story about him and I were both drinking and getting into all kinds of trouble in college years and even our early 20s and we somehow still came successful because we pushed ourselves and we found that mainstream and we went, we read books, asked questions and we tried to get better and we turned our lives completely around and we're able to be incredibly successful right now at this point. Yeah, man, I have no complaints. It's a... Uh... Yo, life's fucking good. Yeah, it's been a fun ride, and uh, it's been a fun, crazy ride, and you know, hopefully, it gets better from here. And like I said, we focus on discipline and competition, so hopefully, it'll keep driving us in the correct direction. Yeah. So this is going to be episode three. We're going to wind this down, and then episode four is what do you think? Brevity. I like brevity. Maybe recap power questions just for a second. Go over brevity, and maybe incorporate a little bit about our like weekly instances and things that have happened to us and give more examples of what we've kind of actually happened in the previous weeks or anything like that and how we've implemented these podcasts into our daily lives so that we can, uh, you guys can learn a little bit. Yeah, so I hope you guys have fun listening to it and we'll catch you in a bit. Yeah, so episode three out. This is Beers, Bourbon, Business, and Broski and you guys have a enjoyable rest of your day.